You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Alexander Dmitrievich, reviewing the concept of narcissism. In the first decade of the 20th century, Freud had made up his mind and he believed the basis of the conflict inside the psyche was the conflict between sexual drives and something else that was powerful enough to oppose them. His idea of what could oppose sexual drives changed, but he always believed there was this basic conflict. Some of the early problems and misunderstandings he had with collaborators and followers came around this. Was sexuality indeed that important? What could oppose it and how? And so on and so on. In the next decade, Freud introduced a new concept, the concept of narcissism, which was related to his ideas of sexuality, yet somehow modified them in a very important way. Freud, based on his work with clients, and then also on reading various authors, mostly those who were focused on the issue of sexuality outside of psychoanalysis, started thinking that there are states when the sexual drive is completely redirected toward one's person. So narcissism, in his opinion, was the situation when the sexual drive does not go outward, but goes toward one's own person. Freud distinguished between two kinds, two types of narcissism. Primary narcissism is what babies experience in the first weeks or months of life. He believed in the state of primary narcissism. Babies cannot see the outside world, cannot distinguish between themselves and the rest of the world, believe that they somehow in themselves contain the whole world, the whole universe even maybe. And this is the state of primary narcissism. You cannot distinguish whether the pleasure comes from your libido connecting with someone, something or someone that is outside of you or something that belongs to your personality and your body. Several weeks or several months pass by and this is over and then children live and then adults live without too much issues of narcissistic kind. But with patience, Freud believed he had discerned what he called secondary narcissism. Adults, in certain situations, in situations of loss or trauma or too much frustration, may, as Freud used to say, decathect, may stop linking themselves with outside world, with other people and external objects, and then their libido, their sexual energy would be redirected to their personality again. If this happens, they will not see the external world, they will not be able to distinguish clearly between themselves and the others. Freud believed that these states, the states related to secondary narcissism, may also be called narcissistic neurosis. And narcissistic neurosis is something very similar to what we nowadays would call borderline states and psychotic disorders. He believed narcissistic neurosis were untreatable because in these states, the other person cannot clearly distinguish between themselves and the analyst. Where you cannot distinguish between yourself and the analyst, there cannot be real transference, as Freud understood it, 
where there was no, no transference, there could be no interpretations, so psychoanalysis was impossible. Although general audience connects narcissism mostly with the issue of regulating your self-respect, and we most often say that someone is a narcissist when someone is full of grandiose ideas, believes he or she is very smart, pretty, or whatever. In the world of psychoanalysis in, in the decades after Freud's work, narcissism was mostly connected to the issue of incapacity to distinguish between oneself and the rest of the world. The person who made narcissism and narcissistic disorders central point in the world of psychoanalysis is the Vienna-born but later Chicago-based psychoanalyst Heinz Kochet. Starting with the early 60s and then until his death in 1981, Kochet published many papers and revolutionized our understanding of what narcissism was and also how we can work with narcissistic patients. In the beginning, Kochet noticed that there were clients who couldn't feel better, who couldn't improve, if he would use the usual Freudian classical technique. So he started thinking and experimenting, trying to figure out how he could help them better. He realized these patients did not need his interpretations. They needed time when they could feel somehow merged with him, not really distinguished, not distanced from him. He claimed that this would happen mostly through two different ways of transference. One is the form of transference in which the client wants to idealize the analyst. So the client feels the analyst is the smartest, the kindest, uh, or the most handsome or prettiest or whatever. Or opposite to this, the other type of this transference could be that the client wants the analyst to admire him or her. I need to be the special client, I need to be the funniest client, I need to be the client who improves the fastest, and so on and so on. Interpretations given prematurely wouldn't really help. Clients need time to outgrow, to grow further from this uh, as it is frequently called, developmental arrest. In 1966, Kochut published a paper on forms and transformations of narcissism. And this paper introduced the idea that was revolutionary different than anything psychoanalysis thought before. In this paper, Kochut claimed that narcissism was not libido redirected toward your person but it was an independent form of motivation, of energy, of cathexis, uh, call it what you will. So there's libido and it can go toward other people and it could go toward my person. And there's narcissism and it can go toward my person or it can go toward other people. This may sound strange until you read some of the Kochet's case presentations or you think about phenomena when we really feel one with other person. We really feel insulted when someone criticizes our parents, our spouses, our country of origin, 
something we really value very much and something that is a part of our personality. In the coming years, Kohut developed therapeutic technique for work with persons who cannot distinguish between themselves and others and wrote important theoretical papers about their rage, about different forms of early trauma that could lead to this form of disorders. He claimed empathy was as important for our psychological development as oxygen was for our physiological development. And he put this concept and this clinical problem in the center of psychoanalysis of that age. Kohut believed that you cannot outgrow narcissistic needs. As long as you live, you will need another important person you can rely on in times of need, with whom you will feel merged and then you will feel stronger. He believed that you can transform the form of your narcissism into more mature forms. So narcissism, to a certain extent, for him, was a good thing, something that gave you solid and mature self-respect, in the best of cases. By the end of 1960s, a challenger to this appeared, and that is probably the most famous psychoanalyst in the world today, uh, Professor Otto Kernberg, in whose opinion narcissism can never be good. When you see a manifestation of narcissism, you're seeing a problem. So Kohut and Kerberg provided two contesting theories of narcissism and narcissistic personality disorders, where Kohut is usually milder, and he believes narcissism is sometimes problematic, but sometimes necessary. While with Kernberg, the focus is on violence or aggression, on connections between narcissistic and borderline personality disorders, and on how you're blind to other people if you're narcissistic. His theory has now led to what is called transference-focused psychotherapy, another form of psychotherapy somehow related to psychoanalysis, which is gaining status a world around. Since the 1970s, and most prominently since the publication of a book by Christopher Lash, Narcissistic Culture, there's been more and more authors who believe that children of the baby boomers, and even more so nowadays, children grow in narcissistic culture where they're spoiled and used to having all their wishes satisfied. Lash believed the reason for this was that the old-fashioned authority of fathers somehow started disappearing during the World War II. While throughout history and in Freud's times, fathers were prohibitive, were punishing, were figures of authority who would instill what Freud called castration anxiety. Fathers of the 1960s, 1970s and nowadays are very permissive, do not dare punish, do not dare introduce prohibitions, so children have no way to test where the boundaries are and how you survive the moment when you feel the boundary. And to return to the concept of narcissism, the idea of narcissism is that I cannot figure out 
the difference between me and the other person. Based on all this, I think it would be fair to say that psychoanalysis started with Freud's emphasis on sexuality and mental disorders understood as a consequence of frustrated sexuality, while now, by the beginning of the 21st century, we can see more and more patients who can express their sexuality whatever way they want, but they cannot distinguish who they are, who other people are, where they end, where other person begins. Is my identity today different or similar to my identity last week or next week? So I assume the topic of narcissism will be more and more important in the years to come. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.